0: welcome this is our daily podcast from seacoast grace church we believe that jesus changes everything and and as we come to understand what that means we begin to live our lives differently and i think as we live our lives differently people take note and we might even bring change to our world so welcome glad you're here
1: hey everyone pastor matt here welcome to day three of send it today we're going to continue to learn about service now did you know that god had designed every believer to serve in a specific way it's actually called the calling and it's not just for pastors anymore let's get going
2: today's scripture is from colossians three fifteen through 17 and 22 through 24. let the peace of christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Today's Devo is titled, You Have a Calling. Okay. So we know we are made to work and not just to work, but to selflessly serve those around us. But does it matter where and how we do this? Are there specific fields or industries that are more meaningful in God's kingdom than others? That's what we're talking about today. Have you ever heard someone say, probably about a pastor or missionary, oh yes, he has a calling from the Lord, or she's living out her calling. What do they mean by this? Probably something along the lines of, ministry is holy work and is conducted by people that God has set apart as high and holy. The word church in the New Testament is the Greek word ekklesia, which is translated literally as called out ones. This means that it's not just pastors, people who work at churches, and missionaries who are called, it's the whole church, every believer, you. As a believer, the New Testament tells us that you are called in a few different ways. First, you are called to share the good news of Jesus. We explore this more in our share week, but for now, let's just emphasize that this is the primary calling of every believer, to share your faith and make more Christians. Our second calling, closely connected to the first, is to build up the church, to use our time, talents, and treasure to invest in the body of believers to which God has assigned us. This is what we'll talk about on days four and five this week. The final calling that every believer receives is their calling to the work that God has assigned to them. Put simply, your day job. At the time of the Protestant Reformation, the religious hierarchy had established that work was divided into two categories, sacred and secular. Sacred work was done by priests, monks, and nuns, people who had dedicated their lives to Christian ministry. Secular work was everything else. Part of the reform that Martin Luther brought was a redefinition of work. We learned on day one of this week that God left his work of creation unfinished so that we could participate with him in completing it. Luther saw that in even the most mundane tasks, Christians are partnering with God in his work. He said, God milks the cows through the vocation of the milkmaids. Whatever the profession God has called us to, be it preaching, plumbing, or project managing, we have a common and exalted purpose to honor God by loving your neighbors and serving them through your work. We are called to the ministry of competence. Our everyday work is meant to honor God. This means that whatever we do, we should do it well. Christians should be the best workers in any workplace. We're not working for people. You, not just the preacher, have a calling from the Lord. Your work is your prayer to God.
1: Pastor Matt here. Welcome to day three of your devos. And uh, today's day big three, kind of topic- it's a day
3: three? Day three. It's already day, day three, Cody. Yeah, oh, day three. It's three.
1: Quick week. I know, right? It feels like we just recorded the last one. I, I, like, <laughs> I was like, I feel like you guys are wearing the same stuff. It's kinda wild. <laughs> <laughs> we never I don't change throughout the weekend. Yeah, yeah, this is my week one yeah, this outfit. Is my Monday through Friday. That's
3: good. That's
1: good. Well anyways, Cody, today's big topic is calling, and if I could, I'd like to start with the latest little story. Um, a few months ago I was up on an airplane and I got to sit next to a guy and we kinda of sparked up a conversation. And uh, you know, the the question comes up, like, what do you do? You know, I'm always just, you know, curious to see how people are going to respond when I tell them that I'm a pastor. And he responded in a pretty, like, you know, positive way and later told me that he was um, a Catholic. But he said something there that uh, was interesting. I remember a specific specific quote he said was, um, I'm not called like you are. And so then he went to go speak. Mm -hmm. He's a math teacher at a local... (laughs) School. See, he saw my work as sacred and his as secular. I guess I would like your guys' thoughts. Is there a difference really between secular and let's call sacred work? Yeah, we go to heaven.
3: And, <laughs> um, Don't listen to Cody. Okay, he so, no, I'm just kidding. I just seen that they're paying
1: attention. Yeah, it's not. good. They're, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're offenders over there.
0: So, what
1: do you guys think? So, is there a difference right between the two, or can all work, in a sense, be sacred? I think
0: otto has got
4: this. One. Oh gosh. Well, so I. I feel like I have an interesting journey, different maybe than you guys' because I um, started out in secular work. So I worked for 20 years in some different industries, and um, I looked at my ministry that I was doing all at the same time, which was, you know, I was a, a lay minister is what it's called, you know, Um And um, I would basically work in order to kind of fund my ability to do ministry. And I feel like God um, was able to—he made it possible for me to move into full-time ministry. And I became a pastor and all of that. But I really don't see any difference between the work that I did—looking back now, the work that I did, um, you know, making— microchips for Intel or selling pet doors with my, my dad's company. Um, like that was all ministry. It was all the same. It was all what God has called us to do. It's just now I get paid to do that work. Can you can you
3: guys like define what what you're talking about when you say it's ministry? Like what is ministry?
4: James, you go ahead and take this one.
3: <laughs> that wasn't on your list of uh, things, was it? It wasn't on your <laughs> questions.
5: Oh. Uh, I think ministry is um, anything we do to expand God's kingdom. That's what I would say. And so <clears throat> the problem when we define things as sacred versus secular is we, it tends to come from secular or people that are working, not inside the church, uh, putting people who work in the church up on a pedestal. And it's almost like they don't have to aspire to that because that's not what they're called. And so there's the there's the the dichotomy there that it just you know, so it's like you put them up on a pedestal, like I put you guys up on a pedestal and you know, then it's like, Well, that's your calling, that's who you are, but I, I don't need to live to that standard because yeah. I work it's and, kind of a
4: nice excuse yeah. like it's kind of like oh well they're the ones that are going to kind of be holy and they're going to be holy on our behalf and so it's okay if we have a lesser standard
5: so and that's maybe that gets back to your question of what's ministry because then you, then it's like oh well the, the people who are holy or or you know work in the church they they do ministry I, i'm not responsible for that
3: okay so what you would say then is calling is something that all Christians have because we're all called to be ministers, right? And God's kingdom. "Now, some of us have different vocations. So, some of us do that in order to, um, you know, uh, make money or provide for our families, and that's our full-time job." and other people do other jobs, but all of us have the same calling. So that what you Yeah, so
1: I heard a quote I once liked kind of regarding this topic, and it was that every member of God's family is a minister because you have a ministry. And if the ministry is that all believers, people who profess faith in Christ, where to expand God's kingdom, that's quantifiable. You can do it in your neighborhood by inviting the, the people that don't have relationships with Jesus into your home and to start developing and networking. You could do that whether you're making uh, chips at Intel or whatever it is. If we quantify it in that way, that really anything and everything, really, at least all good moral work can be a
3: ministry. I remember like 25 years ago, there's a church, and it's kind of corny, but it got the point across where they gave everybody business cards with the church's name and address on there, and it, you were supposed to write your name in, like, I'm a minister at, yeah. you know, St. <laughs> Coast Grace or whatever. <laughs> we should do that. Yeah.
4: Do you, oh, you have do a you, business yeah. card?
3: I don't. No, I haven't gotten promoted
1: yet to yeah. be able to do that. So.
3: I don't think anyone wants to claim me at this point, but <laughs> that I actually
2: That's work here.
1: That's good. So one of the next things in, in, um, in Devos, in the chapter that um, everyone's reading from Tim Keller, is uh, it talks about a ministry of competence. And uh, I get the privilege of working with a lot of the young here in the next-gen ministries. And as I get to talk with, whether it be young adults or graduating um, seniors, if you were to just have a conversation with them, one of the things that goes through their mind, the questions that they're asking about what college to go to, what um, vocation to enter into, and maybe what degree path to choose, the questions that they most think through are, what one is going to make me the most money? And second to that is, what's going to bring a sense of praise from mom, dad, and from the culture at large around, you know to, to them, right? And I think that this is causing people to run into vocations that really are outside of their natural temperaments, right? And they run into a sense of emptiness, and this is the reason that people, maybe they enter into 30s, and they realize that they've been in a job that they don't, they don't really, you know, like much. So I guess as we, one of the commandments, or at least um, encouraging things in Scripture, is for us to have a ministry of competence. I guess, could you talk about that a little bit? What would you think is a ministry of competence for uh, people of our congregation?
4: Well, I ha- I actually this is one of the struggles that I have with um, my kids. So um, I really want my kids to do well in school, and um, I struggle with okay, do I want them to do well in school so that they can get good grades and get into a good college, and you know, and I've like recognized okay, that is an idol, and I'm going to set that aside. But that doesn't mean that I don't want them to do well in school, just because I don't have the idol of the end result. I want them to do well in school because God has given them brains that I want them to use. And to me, that's what the ministry of competence is, is that Christians, when we're in the workplace, um, we should be like that sweet aroma of God. Like they should be able to look at us because you are the best at what you do, because you bring your all, because you're working for God, You're not working for people. You're working for God. There was this in this book that, um, that I used to research for this. Um, they were talking about a pilot who was a believer who landed a plane um, in the midst of just crazy chaos. And it was because he had become the best at being a pilot. Um, he was the best pilot there was. And he saved lives because he was the best at that. And um, to me, that's the ministry of competence. Um, it's not that we're Christians and we focus on other things. Um, we focus on the job that God has put in front of us, whether it's being a mechanic or being a pastor, and we we bring our all to it because we're working for God.
3: So, I feel like you had a very different outlook on me growing up. It wasn't like I
0: didn't think you could be a mechanic, and that's true.
2: Or
3: even like <laughs> you weren't lying like, man, you do your best because God made you to be you're like, Look, God can use anybody. And <laughs> you can graduate if he can graduate. Look at this.
0: Yeah, on your point.
3: Some people's ministry of competence is we are not that confident. God still does something. So
0: here's my question. Is it enough to be competent in your job? Is that enough to call it a ministry?
4: I mean, I guess competent. I think competent is kind of a, it it seems like it you're taking it in a derogatory way. I think
0: it's no, that... No, even to excel in ex- excellent. your Excellent. Is that enough to call it ministry?
1: Well, I mean, if you think of uh, Colossians 3, uh, 23, it talks about whatever you do, work as if you are doing it for the Lord, not a human master. And so I think that the answer to your question is no, but I think it's a component of it, right? I think, I think that, that, and in this book, Tim Keller argues that uh, that Christians should be excelling at whatever field they're in. Given the, the level of maturity that they're at, you shouldn't have a 19-year-old probably be a better coder than a 40-year-old if the 40-year-old is the top of their game, right? But they should have an aspiration to lead the field, and therefore, I think, open up a, a larger audience and ability and to witness. And if they lead
0: the field, and they're gr- the greatest in the world at their field is that ministry.
1: No, I would say it's more to that, with the cause of expanding what, the kingdom. What's the rest of it? I think with the, with the forefront of expanding the
0: kingdom of God. So so my thought is that there a lot of Christians just say, well, if I just do well at my job, I'm really good at it, that's mm-hmm. enough. It's not enough. That's right. only earning you the right platform to tell what really matters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there has to be, beyond competency, there has to be a verbal affirmation, mm-hmm. a relational connection, of what the kingdom is, right? And so just being a great athlete is not enough. And I know that athletes get made fun of all the time. I want to thank the Lord. I think that's the best thing they do all year. I don't care how many touchdowns they threw. If they get up and say, from a platform of excellence, I need to tell you part of what got me here, right? And so I think, I think, so if, I don't want people to think just because you work, it's a ministry, it's not a ministry it's it what's a ministry is that you work hard you honor god and you give testimony to the fact that's what so so
3: your excellence is simply the platform to do ministry yes that was the word that
4: stood out to me in that it's it's your platform you know and it, it ties back into our um not jesus changes everything but our live differently it's that when we live differently it gives us a platform to be able to speak into people's lives because you know it would just be a shame to have somebody look at the Christians in their workplace and have them be the worst workers. And you know, like that's not gonna gain them a hearing for the gospel. That's not gonna expand the kingdom. But if they have a workplace and you can tell who the Christians are because those are the people that work hard and do their best, and then they've gained a hearing for the gospel in that.
3: So then would you say that, and we probably need to wrap up here in a sec, but that being uh, excellent does not necessarily mean having the best results because there's lots of people who maybe are more naturally gifted than you are or you know have a, a head start in an area but it's more about the kind of person you are in the workplace you know so like that's what I'm trying to teach my kids as they're playing sports I go look I don't care if you're a great baseball player or not what I care about is what kind of character you have out there what you're doing for the team as far as your influence and things like that and so I'm not even sure
0: but you also want them to be the best they can be.
3: I want them to be the best that they can be, for sure. But that may be like they're on the tail end of the team, you know, and that's okay. But it's it's more about the character and than it is about the, the results.
1: Yeah. I think the parable of the talent's there, right? There are one, three, and five. So right. Sometimes the five people are going to be the people that get to play in the big leagues and the ones and threes don't, right? But. Can you be a person of integrity and develop the character that God wants you to have in doing what God has asked and what's before you? So I think
0: it's also, lastly, just real quickly, it's about looking for opportunity for that ministry. Mm-hmm. Not just excelling, excelling the best you can. I believe in that. Competing, all you need to do. But looking for opportunities to, to, to exercise that platform. I think that's critical where it becomes ministry.
1: So I know we're running out of time. Any last thoughts before we send our friends on their way? We're good. Well, thanks guys for being with us. See you guys tomorrow. Okay, now we're gonna turn it back to you, our listeners. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, our main resource for today is the same one from day one, Every Good Endeavor by Tim Keller. We have some questions for you to think through as we close today. Number one, what work do you do that's easy for you to do with all your heart as if it's for the Lord? What work is difficult to do this way and why? Two, do you see a difference between sacred and secular work? Why or why not? And three, how do you love God and love people through your daily work, i.e. your job?
0: Hey, thanks for joining us today. You hope that uh, you've learned something, maybe you're inspired to something, you recognize something. Something surprising to us is that we were moved by some of the conversation we had. We didn't realize how passionate we were about some of these issues. until so we're going to talk about how life-changing they are. I hope that you not only heard what we're talking about, but that you're gonna take some action, change the way you're thinking, Involve yourself in something. Do something in response. Don't let it just be an intellectual exercise. Thanks again for joining us. Join us again tomorrow.